If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. My name is Rick Lupert. I'm the guy behind the Poetry Superhighway. Sometimes I'm the guy in front of it. Sometimes I just have it in a bag as I walk down the street. Uh, in all cases, it's good to have you with me, whether you're listening to us live today on December 12th at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time or whatever time it may be in your part of the world, or if you are listening to this in the archive, where, of course, you can listen to all past shows. Uh, and I think, actually, with a certain combination of keystrokes, you can actually talk to historical figures from the past as well. I haven't quite explored the website that much, but uh, I think that's what you can do. So it's an open reading today, and you, listener, are invited to call in. Of course, if you're listening to the show in the archive, you shouldn't call in because uh, odds are you were not here. It's a recording. But if it's live, then you should call in and read a poem. The number to call in is area code 646 716 7362 and uh call in pick up your phone dial have a poem ready i'd love to we'd love to hear what you have to say um this show goes out to a lot of people a lot of people listen to it and so if you've never participated in an open reading then it's a great opportunity for you to do so and it's one of the easiest way to do do it because it's not like um you're standing in front of an audience that you're in the same same room as. Of course, many of you are probably highly experienced doing that, so it's no big deal, but if you haven't yet crossed that line of sharing your poetry with people uh, live, uh, then this is a great way to to do that. So 646-716-7362. We have no content or style restrictions, and uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. I have a couple callers on the line. A couple things before we get to that. I want to mention a, a few things uh, number one, uh, we just, uh, Poetry Superhighway, just published our 2010 holiday recommendations. This is the second year that we've done this, uh, highlighting a few books which have particularly moved uh, us. And, of course, whenever I say us in reference to the Poetry Superhighway, I really mean me, but uh, you get the idea. Uh, so only have to, you probably got the email already if you're on our email list uh, earlier in the week, but if you didn't and you'd like to see the ones which have risen to the top for us this year, then just go to the Poetry Superhighway website, poetrysuperhighway.com. Click on, uh, well, right there on the front page, uh, it says Holiday Recommendations 2010. Actually, I'm not looking at it. It could say 2010 Holiday Recommendations, but it definitely says one of those two. Uh, Those three words are there, and if you click on it, you will see the eight books that I have uh, selected, and uh, a couple of them are are books by individual poets. There is an anthology in there. There's the latest, uh, the 2011 edition of Poets Market, which is uh, really an essential resource if you're someone who sends your poetry out uh, for publication consideration on a regular basis. 
And there's a couple things in there which I've labeled guilty pleasures. Uh, one of them is the book uh, uh, B is for Bad Poetry by um, by uh, Pamela August Russell, uh, who, which is very, very funny. Um, there's also Zombie Haiku, which, uh, well, I don't think that needs much explanation. It's just another guilty pleasure. So you can see all these, uh, a couple sentences about them. Click on 2010 Holiday Recommendations right there from the main Poetry Superhighway menu and and, and shop away, people. Shop away. The time is here. Um, I also want to mention, if you happen to be in the L.A. area, it's quite a busy day for me. Of course, I uh, have this show now, which you are listening to even as I speak. Uh, later today, I'm going to be traveling to Pasadena. Traveling, uh, really, I'm talking about a 20-minute drive here. It's not like uh, there's passports involved or anything of that nature. Uh, and in Pasadena, I will be uh, one of the featured readers at the second Saturday Poetry Series at Cafe Alibi in Pasadena. That's a, a coffee house uh, on Fair Oaks Street, um, about a block and a half south of Colorado, right, right in the heart of Old Town Pasadena, which, if you're familiar with the Rose Parade, uh, goes right through there. It's uh, that's where it's happening. I'm one of three three readers. The other two are Will Metchum and Bob Foster couple other L.A. poets. It's hosted by Alex Frankel, who's been hosting this reading series for just over a year now, and um, it's a great thing, and uh, I will be uh, concluding my tour of the San Gabriel Valley at this venue tonight. The reading is at 5 o'clock p.m. There's, uh, of course, the three featured readers. There's an open reading as well. There's no cost to participate in this reading. It's a great little coffee house. You can get yourself some coffee and um and um, quality poetry. Uh, Alex is a good host. And then when you're done, it's dinner time, and you're right there in Old Town Pasadena, which which has so many uh, great places to eat. It's really a cool uh, area of town. They've really kind of fixed that place up nice. Uh, uh, not too long ago, it wasn't such a cool area of town, uh, but it is now. So head down there, and uh, and I'd love to see you. So uh, that is what is happening these days. Uh, so let's get to our first caller, shall we? Again, the number is 646-716-7362. And our first caller is from the 585 area code. Hello. Hello, Greg. It's Larry, Larry Boucher from Rochester, New York. How you doing? Hey, Larry. How you doing? Long time no talk. No, it's been a while. I uh, thought I'd call in. Great show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no I got problem. a moment for you. Let's hear it. It's called Vacuuming the Rug. Step one, throw everybody out of the house. Step two, put the dog out. Step three, get the vacuum cleaner out of the closet. Step four, put the plug in the vacuum cleaner. Step five, curse because you forgot to clean the things that last time you leave sitting in the phone and all over the floor. Step six, turn off the vacuum cleaner. Step seven, take a deep cleansing breath and let it out slowly. Step eight, cough out the dirt you just set into your lungs. Step nine, turn the vacuum cleaner to suck. Step ten, use your arms and the long handle attachment to get into the hard to reach places. Step eleven, curse because you forgot to attach the long handle attachment to the vacuum cleaner. Step twelve, attach the handle to the vacuum cleaner. Step thirteen, whistle or sing as you vacuum up the dirt. Step fourteen, turn off the vacuum cleaner. Step fifteen. Take apart the attachment and put everything back in the closet. Step 16, collapse on the couch. Step 17, wake when everybody comes back in the house making too much noise. 
siblings can curse the kids, muddy shoes, and the dogs cage with dirt coat that he just had to shake off where he just vacuumed. Step 19, receive hugging and wishes and support from family and friends. And step 20, go to bed and dream of doing the laundry. Well, Larry, that's uh, that's uh, quite a list there. I was trying to furiously write that down just so I could uh, make sure to not miss any steps when I next have to vacuum my carpet. <laughs> Um, how have you been? I, you know, Larry. Uh, I, I guess I should tell the audience. Uh, you used to be a part of uh, LA's poetry uh, community, and then you, um, you left town, and you live in Rochester now. Is that right? Yeah. Rochester, New York. How's, um, how's poetry life in Rochester? It's pretty good. Most of the people are teachers, though, so it's almost all academic. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of local uh, groups that try to run readings, but they do the best they can. But it's not the same as LA. Great. Are you finding um, uh, you're getting some, you know, are you participating in those readings, that kind of thing? Yeah. Is there anything that, 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 that has a... My books are in the third edition. And, uh, and some poetry's going like gangbusters. That's great. Well, I, you know, I always appreciate it. It's, it's been a long time. It's good to hear from you. And I, and you, you, um, you, you always advertise on uh, every year. You, you run a contest every year. And I always appreciate that you advertise on... Yeah. In our classified section, is is that coming up again? Or no, I had to cancel it because it just ran out of money. Oh, I well, I'm sorry spent to hear that. Two thousand five hundred dollars on it and made six hundred, so I couldn't do it anymore. Well, that's that didn't that doesn't sound good. I'm sorry that it uh, that it went bust for you, but um, but it's great to hear your voice. I hope all is well with you in Rochester, and I'll yeah. talk with you again. Okay, take care, Rick. All right, take care. That was uh, Lawrence Berger calling from Rochester, New York, a a transplant out of Los Angeles, uh, set up shop there in in Rochester. Cool. All right. Well, uh, moving along, um, give us a call. The number is 646-716-7362. Show goes on for an hour. We'll be here till uh, 3 p.m. Pacific. Would love to uh, get you on the air and, uh, and hear some of your work. So... That's that. Um, right now, moving to a caller from the infamous 973 area code. Hello. The infamous 973 area code. This is Mr. T. You, you don't sound at all like Mr. T. That's uh, he, he has a very distinct... That's getting closer. Yeah, it's a little close, but no cigar. Anyway, uh, I'm looking for a serious beverage commitment. Got any uh, suggestions? (laughs) This this is Dave Nevis from the Lush Rolling Hills of North New Jersey. Um, It's Nevis. Yeah. I've been saying Nevs for years now. You you can say that. It's it's actually the Portuguese way to say it. It is a Portuguese name. I am Portuguese uh, descent. And the Portuguese way to say it is Nevs which means snow. And uh, a lot of the Sephardic people, you know, who who were descendants from Portugal, uh, who were in Portugal, the Moors, before um, the the Spanish Inquisition, which forced uh, the Jews to either kiss the big toe or be burned at the stake, you know, because of the pogroms in the late uh, 15th and 16th centuries. Um, a lot of them, uh, they just kind of, you know, uh, they adopted names which were uh, out of nature, natural names. 
So names like snow, uh, uh, like uh, um, flourish, which is flowers, names like those, you, you pretty much can tell that they're Sephardic ancestry. Yeah, those well, I've, I've adopted a uh, uh, that is fascinating, by the way. I've I've adopted a a natural name for the title of my next book. What would that be? <clears throat> Sins of Buckwood. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that there. That's nice. I saw that. Anyway, I'm I'm working on my book, and it should, it's 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 just about done. So uh, anyway, real real quickly, uh, the name of the piece I'm about to read is called Canuck. And uh, it's owing to the, you know, since you spent time in Canada this past year, vacation, you know, it it causes me to reflect, because I spent the better part of 30 years in Canada, specifically in Toronto. You were in the the French part, I was in Toronto for all that time, because my fiancé was there. The last time I was there was 2007, uh, for her funeral, so... Hmm. Yeah, that's the last time. I want to go back again and, uh, you know, visit her daughter and her uh, brother. But anyway, here it is, Canuck, uh, because I wrote this for Canada Day, uh, which I celebrate every year (laughs) in her honor. And uh, it was uh, this past year, uh, I was sitting on the bench there. There were a couple of unseasonably cool days that caused me to reflect on when I used to sit on her uh, balcony when I used to go visit her. Anyway, here it is, Canuck. Canada Day, which celebrating on bench splintered with embarrassment the bearing weight of unsightly bulbous person of Jerry Garcia likeness, as bending bench diaphanously accommodating with secretive sighs, as I'm taken back to your balcony where ninja breeze such as this, sometimes a shrill whisper, but oftentimes a choleric, decisive rebuke, with all of the diplomacy of a crack whore on Spanish fly, as yes, all Canada, I will attest that the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in Toronto, as an announcer shrieks, it's hockey night in Canada. So what else is new, eh? Two. I am on your balcony once again, dissected by Canadian breath of summery winter, or is it wintry summer, as I hear, it's hockey night in Canada. I think we know that already. (laughs) Yes, it's still always hockey night in Canada. But you are my heated blanket and woolly comforter, nestled and cozy in your aura and paradox of your questions about death. How did you know that your sojourn was almost over? You said we and or us in flickering flint of life, which we learned is only but a dress rehearsal. Why couldn't I come? Why wasn't I invited? Uh, We've both arrived and are together a sum total of what we shall be. A? Three. Later, Chris. Again. I ask the timeless question, is it still hockey night in Canada? Yet again, transported back to ephemeral balcony, all Canada, such radiance juxtaposed on transparent ice, 
You are my burden, O Canada. You've carried me as burden on cusp of oblivion, teased with love and taught with tension as archer's bow as I arrive for final episode. I can see your balcony from strangely familiar place. Indeed, my sweet burden, and I now carry grabbing brass handle as pallbearer to lower you to rest. Epilogue. O Canada, I stand on guard for you. Sleep well, my love. Happy Canada Day. Eh? For Terry, my Canadian princess. Well, that was wonderful, uh, David. What a what a lovely tribute uh, uh, to your your fiance and uh, and and Canada in general. Um, and it's so you know it's funny uh, that I mentioned my book because my book actually is written in Canada, the one that's that I'm about to release, Sins of Buckwood. It's all yes. it's all revolves around uh, you know being in Montreal or traveling to and from Montreal. So uh, I can't wait to get it. I've got four years already. I can't wait oh. to get that one. Well, they make great gifts. I'm sorry? They make great gifts. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But I, I don't have no one to give it to. So. <laughs> I'm going to rank you Almost some no family and... Uh, uh, well, it's no family. My daughter is mad at me, and I'm mad at her, and so I really don't have anybody to give it to. I give it to my son, but he can't read. He's autistic. Well, but you I know, um, I found that if you buy, like, a couple dozen copies of one of my books and just hand them out to strangers on the street, that yes. it's a really effective tool for, um, period. Will I, will, will I get elected as sovereign? Of that street for that hour, yes. <laughs> or uh, will will uh, the world come to an end, as, as Harold Camping was has said? <laughs> Am I preparing everybody for the end of the world? Oh, no, 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 no. That is another gospel. <laughs> I guess you've never heard of that guy. He's on no, YouTube. I don't, I don't think I have. Uh, that's Okay. Um, well, I enjoyed your piece, it in, even though I guess it's more Toronto-based. Uh, uh, I did enjoy the A's, which, of course, uh, brought me back to watching Bob and Doug McKenzie on Second City Television uh, and, and their tales of the Great White North. Um, but uh, a lovely tribute it was. Thanks for sharing it. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you next month or I'll catch you on Facebook. Okay, Rick? All right. Take it easy. Okay, bro. Bye-bye. Bye. That was uh, David Nevis, as now I finally am revealed to that that is how you pronounce it, not how I've been pronouncing it for the last several years, um, from uh, the lush rolling hills of Newark, New Jersey, sharing his poem, A Tribute to Canada, and kind of a, a, a sweet piece for his fiance. May she rest in peace. So call in, would you? Uh, plenty of open lines right now. The number is 646 716 362. Uh, it's an open reading. It's uh, open for you to call in and share your poetry. Um, no content or style restrictions. Would love to hear your piece and to hear a little bit about what's going on in your world in poetry as well. Um, as I kind of snuck in there, uh, uh, surreptitiously, of course, uh, during while David was talking and I were talking, um, I do have a new book uh, coming out. It's called Sins of Buckwood, The Poet's Experiences in and on the way to and from Montreal 
Quebec, Canada, uh, written in July this past year uh, during a uh, trip that I was on with my uh, wife. We had a great time in Montreal. A ton of poetry came out of it. And in the tradition, if you're familiar with my uh, work at all, a lot of my books are travel books and uh, kind of observational about um, the, the things that I see that are uh, not the same as, 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 as you know my usual t- tooling about Los Angeles and a lot of humor, that kind of thing. Um, you'll you'll probably dig it, um, and it's uh, it's available now. Actually, the publication, official publication launch, isn't until the end of January. But if you just can't wait, uh, you can head to my website. Poetry. Actually, uh, no, you can't get it there. As a matter of fact, quite yet. But it's available on Amazon.com. Um, uh, look me up, Rick Looper. The title is Sins of Buckwood, which is the uh, First Nations, the uh, Algonquin, the Native Canadian word for uh, drawn from wood in reference to uh, the maple syrup or the sap that comes out of the maple trees that turns into maple syrup. It's sweet. It's good. It's funny. Um, you should get it. You should buy a thousand copies of it and hand it to everyone you know. Um, that's that's what I think. Uh, moving on uh, to our next caller. Uh, let's see. Um, series of Ones. Hello. The woods are lovely. The woods are lovely, dark and deep. But I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. And miles to go before I sleep. That classic Robert Frost poem, could that not be Santa Claus speaking? Hello, Rick. It's Michael from Birmingham. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? Can I read uh, 15 lines of poetry? Absolutely. There are three poems with five lines apiece. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Sounds like it's kind of slow today. Are you not having any callers? Slower if you point it out, Michael. You want to read your poems? What's that? Go ahead and read your poems. Okay. These first two are Sinkangs. They can be found at amaze-sinkang.com. The first is Evergreen. New York city lit up, a neon Christmas tree topped by the torch of liberty, our light. The second, O dawn divine, the sun in a cradle rocked on the horizon, wake just to know yet another Noel. And this third I wrote Friday night is called Candy Canes, and if you see it on the page, it would be shaped like a Christmas tree, a tree loaded up with Jesus joints, a tree loaded up with Jesus joints needs no other lights. Rick, happy holidays to you and all hey, your Hold listeners. on, Michael. i got to ask you some questions World. about this. Uh, may I ask you a few questions? Um, what exactly is a Jesus joint? Well, you know, the candy canes, the title of the poem was Candy Canes. Right. And they make a J. I get it. Okay, and so a candy cane is a Jesus joint. Yes, it's a metaphor that I realized when I looked at the candy cane. Uh, the candy cane is the J, Jesus, and the, uh, like the the shepherd's staff. And then I thought, well, it's also kind of jointed, you know, J joint. And so I thought, Jesus joint just occurred to me. And then the poem kind of 
assembled itself like a Christmas tree, and there you have it. And I thought it'd be fun to read this time of the year. As soon it's, as I wrote it, the thought, right time of year to read that poem. Um, yeah, of course, you know the word joint has other connotations, and you know you slap that uh, up against a bunch of people's savior, and then you could, I, I suppose, people could go in a whole other direction with that. Well, some other people have read it. They really enjoyed it. They thought it was really not irreverent, you know, and but um, kind of like, you know, a fun thing, like a glass of wine. Cheers. No, I get you. I don't find it irreverent, or, or that is, I don't have a problem with irreverence. Uh, so it, I wasn't pointing that out to say that that was a problem. Uh, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it quite a bit. I was just, um, it didn't occur to me. Uh, even though you'd said the title uh, that that you were referring to a candy cane, so that I, I guess my mind perhaps uh, uh, my mind went in a different direction. Uh, so maybe I'm the irreverent one. Oh no no no! I mean, uh, like I said, p- people who have read it and commented on it have all thought it was just delightful. I don't say that in brag. I just say that was you know uh, uh, they thought it witty and delightful and oh I think it witty can- too yeah. No need to defend it. That's not where I'm going with it. I, 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 I enjoyed it. I'm just playing on the double entendre in, in that phrase, you know. Well, um, that's the way it is with poetry. You know, people can have their own, you know, interpretations or feelings. Uh, as you probably know, so however people perceive it, you know, but I thought it was, you know, a delightful one. I, it just occurred to me that it made me kind of chuckle, and I wrote that word down and thought if that word was shaped like a J, like a candy cane, it would be even more so. That's real difficult to do on the computer. And then I said, well, I want more than just the word anyway. And then I said, let's see what it looks like shaped like a Christmas tree. And, you know, I'm going on and on and about the process. And then, you know, if a whole tree had those on, um, you've seen maybe a Christmas tree decorated with candy canes? Sure. Hello? Yeah, yeah and I course. thought, well, okay. And then also that last line needs no other light. It's, you know, the one light um, from a Christian perspective, you know, the light, the Prince of Light, Christmas, Nativity. Yeah, it makes sense to me. It's, it, it all kind of comes together. Um, you know, so, I, there's a little trick. You, you um, of course, uh, you fooled me a little bit because we, of course, usually have this one poem, you know, per person thing. There are, I don't have that many callers right now, so it's not that big of a deal. But um, So, of course, you, 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 you framed it by saying, I'm going to read 15 lines of poems, and of course, or, of poetry. And, of course, many poems, single poems, are much longer than that. So you kind of set me up to to, to then say, well, it's it's three poems, though, um, which was well, tricky. I but I wanted, to give you, I wanted to give you a – you did after the 15 lines. You got me I to agree 15 to 15 lines, lines of three poems. and then you said it was three poems. But the, I, want, I, I have this trick that I do sometimes when, um, when I give a poetry reading. I actually did this last night at a reading when a friend and I were reading together, and we both agreed we were going to do – you know, two five-poem sets each. He would read five poems, I would read five poems, he would read five poems, and that's it. Um, you know, and when I put together a reading by myself, I, I usually have a time limit in mind as opposed to a particular number of poems. Like, you know, usually your your open reading time limit is five minutes, or, or if you're giving a feature reading, they say you got 15 or 20. And you do as much as you can or you want to that makes sense in that time, right? Yes. Still with me, Michael? Yeah, I'm here. I'm kind of. I must be getting boring, but I'll go on anyway. Um, so uh, no, you don't get bored. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm I was kind of distracted. I'm sorry. 
That's okay. That's okay. No worries. I really so, just planned on call, calling in and reading the poems, but we can dialogue. It's fine. I just want to make sure you're not holding up any callers. But I'm sorry if there was a, a miscommunication. I I specified that there were the 15 lines would be three. No, no, I, you're missing my point here. I'm not. I'm not getting on you for that. Like I, I if I, <laughs> I, you know. It's it was tricky in in the sense it wasn't a miscommunication like um so the, so what I do sometimes is like if they say okay you have a one you can read one poem is sometimes you know a lot of my poems are really short uh-huh. I'll, I'll I'll put them together like say three poems three short poems in one and I'll and I'll give them the the whole of the three poems a single title like you know this poem is called three short poems or something ridiculous like that and then I'll number them you know so to make one. a pun on what you're, so to make a friendly pun on what you're saying you kind of joint them together <laughs> <laughs> yes you that's know? exactly exactly I right so you could have that's a cool it, idea it, it would have been more tricky um, if what you had done or more secret I wouldn't have realized it was three poems if instead of telling me it's three poems if you just combined them together and said I got 15 lines it's three parts one and then read you you know it makes us think it's one poem even though the parts sound different uh right. you know it's a uh, it's a little trick you can do in an open reading you know when you when you're giving well, a maybe particular strategy kind of in the word how about strategy being the word sure that's fine but uh so, yeah but those first two were sincanes at the at the amazingcane.com website uh, mm-hmm. online uh journal that specializes in sincanes so I wanted to separate those two. And then the third is kind of like, you know, being a concrete poem, visual poem, uh, shaped poem. I wanted to specify that. But, look, I mean, I'd love to talk some more, but I don't want to hold up any other callers. And uh, But I'm glad we had we got a chance to speak. Good luck with your new book. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I, I assume you'll be buying uh, several copies. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Maybe Santa Claus will bring some. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I don't know if he brings some on his plate. Tell Santa Claus to drop by and pick some up to drop them off on Christmas Eve. I'll make a phone call. <laughs> Michael, before I let you go, is there anything going on in in Birmingham that you want to mention to uh, to us in terms of reading? Uh, in my younger days, I used to know about everything. I've gotten a little older. I turned fifty three last month. I, the about the only thing that I'm involved in these days is at the um, museum, Birmingham Museum of Art. As I've told you, they have a reading about three times a year. The next one's coming up February, and I think it's the Friday after Valentine's. And uh, I always enjoyed them because I, depending on the time of the year that it occurs, that kind of dictates or uh, prompts me to what I'm going to select to read. And I usually try to read one by someone else, and then I try to read one uh, of my own. And I try to relate one to one of the paintings in our collection there at the museum, you know, kind of give a an ekphrastic edge to the whole reading experience, bring that to the table, so to speak. Right. Do you have a particular role at the museum, or are you just a participant in the readings that happen there? Uh, for about the last 10 years, I've been what's called a, a docent, a Turing docent, uh, but um, my schedule, et cetera, things changed about, and so um had to withdraw from that at least for a while currently. Uh, I'm, an, I'm an ongoing member for many years, and um, I've given a talk there a time or two on poetry and uh, visual art at Fresh's. And um, that's and then I, uh, these poetry events I'm involved in. Great. Well, Michael, I appreciate that you uh, call in every month or periodically at any rate, and uh, thanks for sharing your work, and I uh, hope the holiday is a good one for you. 
yeah, likewise for you, Church. You got a new book. That's great. You know, uh, Holiday launched a new book, and it was. Um, I appreciate that we got to do more than reading it. We got to dialogue about poetry for a while across the country. Yep, indeed, three thousand miles and uh, a lot said in between. Yes, and your program is a nice gift, monthly gift throughout the year. Happy holidays and happy New Year to you, Rick. Thanks, you too. That's uh, Michael uh, from Birmingham. Alabama, a regular caller here on Poetry Superhighway Live, uh, always tells us about his involvement in the uh, poetry scene in Birmingham, in particular the museum uh, that he's in, involved with. Um, and uh, good to hear his uh, his work um, as as well. So we do have uh, open lines. I uh, would love for you to call in and share your work. The number is 646 Seven three six two. It is a little slower, so uh, I'm sorry. You'll have a little bit more time than than just quickly reading one poem and uh, and uh, and knocking you off uh, to get to the next person. Um, I love having a little bit more space because it's really one of the, the great purposes of this show. I think besides just hearing people's poems, is um, what makes it different from say an open reading that you might participate in your home town where you you might there might be a regular crowd and you kind of know what's going on with everyone is that uh, people call into this show from all over uh, uh, in particular the United States but certainly uh, we've had callers from all over the world as well and um, it's fascinating to me to have the opportunity to ask you about what's going on in poetry in your part of the world for all kinds of reasons one is um, there might be people listening to your uh, to to this show from where you're calling from, who had no idea that you existed or that your reading existed or or something of that nature, and so uh, we have the potential to uh, uh, get information out to to really create kind of a worldwide networking thing. And then also we all travel, um, you know. Well, m- many of us do at any rate to different parts of the world, and sometimes, you know, it's nice when we go places to see what's happening in the poetry community in those places you know it's uh it's uh, you know I, I i travel a few times in the year and i love when i'm in a new city to to get to a reading there and see what's going on and uh and uh maybe show up at an open reading and and just see how they do it there and how it's different from where what we do in here in LA and that kind of thing so um it's a great thing so um even you know here's here's the thing even if you don't have a poem to read if you've got something you want to talk about if you're pushing a book, if you're pushing a particular event, if you want to call attention to your website or publication, call in and we'd love to hear about it. Um, it's all about uh, the mission of the Poetry Superhighway, which is to expose as many people to as many other people's poetry as possible. Um, I just said to expose as many other people and then, and then kind of got caught in that phrase for a moment, so uh, you'll have to forgive me. So um, there you go. Call in. The number is 646-716-7362. That's our number. We'd love to hear what you have to, what you have to say. I'm going to uh, play. Um, we're about halfway through the show. I recently, I'm working on a, a spoken word recording. I'm, I have a, a lot of books out. Um, in fact, this new book, Sins of Buckwood, it's my 13th book. I don't even have my copy yet, but somehow it's already available on the internet for people to purchase. So that's a little strange. But um a lot of people have been telling me for some time that I should make a spoken word CD. People seem to enjoy uh the way that I read my work and a lot of times I hear feedback from people 
they say, you know, I, I love reading your books, but um, every time I read one of your poems, I hear it in your voice. There's nothing like, you know, it's just not quite the same. Uh, so um, I have been convinced to, to put together a spoken word CD, or at least that it's a good idea. And I've been slowly um, recording tracks and mixing them and adding different kinds of, you know, textures and audio to them. And uh, and um, I've got this one track that I'm going to play for you right now. Um, it's, it's a slow process because, frankly, I, I'm doing this at home, uh, and I can only do it when no one else is home and uh, and uh, or asleep, and um, and that that pretty much never happens. So um, so uh, here's a little uh, a sample of a poem called "Rules for Poetry" that will appear on a forthcoming spoken word CD that will come out sometime in the future. Rules for Poetry Never use adjectives unless you're trying to describe something and you don't want to do it the hard way. Never use the word forever. It reminds people they're going to die. And the last thing you need is people distracted by their mortality during your poem. Write what you know, unless you're a fool, in which case, look to the internet and write about something there. Avoid vowels and their angry sister, the letter Y. Avoid cliché. On the other hand, learn the difference between epigraphs, epigrams, and episiotomies. Use as few words as possible. In fact, hand out blank sheets of paper and tell them it's your finest work. If you ever use the phrase darkness in my soul, be prepared for me to come to your house and kill you. If you're going to write in form, do it right. For example, as I understand it, a haiku is 800 words written while sitting on a cheesecake. Line breaks are important, but use them carefully. Once you've broken a line, its mother will never forgive you. Finally, go to poetry workshops. Sometimes they serve food, and you can't write poetry if you're dead because you forgot to eat. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That's... um. My spoken word track, Rules for Poetry, that's a poem I wrote about a year ago. It appears in the new, not the new, a recent issue of Rattle Magazine, which is a wonderful publication actually out of Southern California. Uh, um, check it out, Rattle Magazine, um, on the Internet. Um, and um, that particular piece um, is one of the spoken word tracks which will appear on a forthcoming spoken word uh, CD that I'm working on. Um, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. Moving to our next caller. Hello. Who's there? Anybody there? Oh, they're gone. 
Well, that's the way it is with live radio. Of course, again, if you're listening to this in the archive, it's not live. So uh, it's not like it's happening in another part of town. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, because it's the past. It's it's historical. It's already happened. You go to the archive, uh, all those shows are not live. Those are shows which happened previous to when you are listening to them. However, if right now in your world it's December 12th at 2.39 p.m. Pacific time, which granted if you're not in the Pacific uh, time zone would be a different time somewhere else. Let's just say GMT minus 8 to be clear. If that's the time right now, then this is live. This is actually happening as I speak. So, moving on. Uh, we have a caller uh, from a series of ones. Are you there, series of ones? Anybody there? Oh, gone again. Killing me. Just killing me. All right, then. Well, um, let's see. We uh, have a caller from the 213 area code. Are you there? No. Wow, this is the um, this is the finest show I've ever done. Uh, I'm so thrilled. Um, okay, let's. Uh, looks like the ones are back. Are you there, ones? <laughs> are you with me, people? Can you feel the joy that I'm feeling right now? I'm going to give out the phone number one more time because that's um, clearly the problem here. I've not given out the phone number enough times. It's area code 646-716-7362. I tried to give that out really slow just in in the event that uh, uh, you were... You're someone who doesn't listen fast, and you wanted to really be able to take that phone number down. But of course, if you're listening to the show right now, uh, the phone number is probably on your screen. So me giving out the number is really just my impersonation of uh, a telethon, except without asking you for money. Though, by the way, if you have money and you'd like to send it to me, um, that's fine as well. If you go to my website, poetrysuperhighway.com, click on Contact. I think it's the rightmost choice in the menu of my relatively newly designed website. It's orange. used to not be. It's got some other features to it. Um, and it says right there, my address, and it says, if you'd like to send me money, send it there. So this isn't a telethon, per se, but uh, that is an option available to you in general. Hello, caller from the Ten Ones. Are you there? Anybody uh, there? Rick? Yeah. Mike, again, you're not getting any callers. And I didn't call to read some more. Uh, if you're not going to get any callers, may I make a suggestion? Sure. Uh, care to read from your new book? I, I'd love to listen. That's me calling with the one. See, I don't want to read again or interrupt you again, but that's the only way I can listen to you because I'm in a vehicle. So, but if you want to, um, if you're not getting any more callers, if you want, I, I, I'd love to listen to you read for a change. 
kind of a Christmas present, and thank you for having the show. You don't I think don't you just... can make it out to, you know, I'm doing a whole reading in Pasadena in a little while. You don't think you can make it out to Pasadena in the next couple hours from Birmingham? Uh, it was just an idea since you're not getting any callers. I don't know what it is you're not getting any callers today, but anyway, just if you, um, I just thought I'd give you a prize and say, you know, if you want to read, I'd, I'd love to listen to you read some of your work. Anyway, well, I'll, take sure. under, I'll take it under advisement. I um, I did just play a spoken word track of mine, uh, which kind of counts. Did you hear that? I heard that. I heard that. It sounded good. And it sounded good. Well, that's a that's a ringing endorsement. Thank you. Well, Michael, thanks for the thanks for the suggestion. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it under advisement, and uh, and we'll we'll see if we if it comes to that. Okay, and I'll still be listening. Maybe some more callers will call in. You never know. You never know. I don't know. Great. Talk to you later. Must, must be the holidays. Everyone, it's 80 degrees here in L.A. Everyone has just gone outside in solidarity uh, with the temperature here in Southern California. Yeah, I would have thought maybe next week would have been more like this. You know, everyone, you know, preoccupied with something else. But um, but it looks like it turned out this Sunday. Anyway, okay, I'm still listening. <laughs> Glad to have you out there. Yeah, great. I just I feel like we're I feel like we're on a, a planet where nobody else is listening to the radio today. I can't understand. Oh, they're that. all listening. Don't don't get me wrong. They're just they're just not calling. Um, it's uh, we had we had about seventy five listeners uh, uh, last last uh, month, and 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 more people uh, call in that I could that I even had time to get to. So I know people are listening, but. Not everyone who listens uh, necessarily wants to call in. I think they find they're they're right now probably finding the conversation between you and I a little too yep. fascinating. Oh yes. <laughs> okay then. Well, anyway, uh, I can recommend a good movie this time of the year. Uh, Bright Star by John Keats is a you know he's a great poet. His birthday was last week, last month. You know, so okay. Well, anyway, I'll free up the line in case someone's trying to call in to read some poetry. Okay, great. Thanks, Michael. That's uh, Michael from Birmingham calling back in just to express his sympathy that uh, it seems that we're having trouble getting callers on the air this month. Maybe you just want to stop listening to this particular show and go listen to last month's show. We had so many callers last month, it was uh, it was ridiculous. Um, I had to cut people off. Um, I had to rush through it. I had to not get to everyone at the end because uh, it was just overwhelming. Um, uh, maybe people are just maybe people listen to that show before this one went on the air, and and they're just kind of spent, just kind of lying on their floors, uh, you know, exhausted from all the poetry from last month's show. Uh, uh, really leaving us with a lot of free lines this month. Maybe that's what it is. Um, again, the number six four six seven one six seven three six two. Um, that's our number. You should call in and read a poem. It's a great thing to do. Just call in and, you know what, maybe you're too scared to read. Call in and specifically tell me that you're not going to read a poem. That would be great. I would love that right now. That would be uh, quite enjoyable. Um, All righty. Well, here's someone else from the Ten Ones. Uh, I wonder if it's Michael again. Hello? <laughs> nope. They just hung up. A lot of people find me intimidating. I think that's what it is. As soon as I put them on the air, they just hang up because, um, you know, of my history of violence and 
and of killing people and such. Um, so maybe maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe that's what happens. They hear my voice. They hear the. Uh, you know, it just sounds dangerous. And um, you know, you get to a certain point. You you get to the point. You dial the number, and I put you on the air, and then you, and then you realize, oh no, this is really happening. And uh, and you just you just you, you can't do it. I understand. Um, all right, listen. Uh, um, I think we're just going to call it a day here at Poetry Superhighway Live. I gotta, I gotta put some clothes on and get out to Pasadena for my reading there. Maybe you're all waiting there to see me read in person, and that's why you're not calling into this show this month. I'm not sure, uh, but that's okay. So, um, thanks a lot, everyone, for for listening. Uh, if you're listening in the archive, uh, 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 thanks for making it this far into the program. And uh, and you should listen to the other shows where where lots of people actually called in. Um, have fun out there, people. Um, our next show will be January ninth, two thousand eleven, the first show of two thousand eleven. That's going to be exciting. That's um, that's a whole new year. Uh, it's been two thousand and ten all year, and uh, we're going to end all that at the end of this month and move on to a whole new year. Um, it's going to rock, you know. Uh, my new book, Sins of Buckwood, is going to be out. You can get it on Amazon right now. Come to the publication party. And actually, if you're in L.A., there's a publication reading January 30th. It's a Sunday um, at 4 o'clock p.m. I, I, I'll talk about it more uh, next month, of course. But it's really a, a roll call of the immortals, as my friend Brendan likes to say every now and then. Uh, uh, in addition to me reading from the new book, um, uh, we will have uh, uh, Matthew Mars, uh, singing the Canadian National Anthem. That's going to be pretty bizarre. I have uh, Derek Brown, poet Derek Brown, who runs Right Bloody Press, which is a really awesome press, and he's just one of the most amazing writers and performers that there is. He is going to be uh, reading some travel poetry, kind of in league with my book being a travel-themed book. Um, Neil Aitken, who is a, a poet who lives in L.A., but he's actually from Canada, We'll be giving a five to ten minute dissertation about Canada, um, and Brendan Constantine uh, will be performing a ten minute cirque. Cirque, as in Cirque du Soleil, being one name of a particular uh, company that runs that style of circus. There are many others. We were in Montreal where all this kind of uh, developed, and uh, so I don't know what Brendan's going to do, but for ten minutes he's going to perform a cirque. It's going to be wild. That's uh, November, not November, January 30th at 4 p.m. at Beyond Baroque Literary Arts Center in Venice, California. I, I hope you can make it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it'll be the first time that the books are available in person. Sins of Buckwood. Looks like we do have a caller. That's exciting. Um, caller from the 954 area code. Hello. Hi. Uh, Rick? Yeah. Hi, my name is uh, Bonita. I'm calling from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hi, Bonita. Your name sounds familiar. Did did uh, uh, did you um, were you recently uh, a feature, the person who I featured on the Poetry Superhighway? Yeah, it was a uh, uh, poet of the week a few weeks ago on the on your blog. Right, right. Well, it's not a blog per se. Uh, it's a it's a weekly publication. Um, I should upgrade to a blog software, but it hasn't happened yet. And then uh, recently, your book I don't know if you noticed was also featured 
um, in the Poetry Superhighway bookstore. Not not this week, but the previous two weeks. It's, uh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw so, that. I appreciate uh, that. Thanks a lot. My my pleasure. Um, uh, um, tell tell me the name of your book again. It's called Bus Rides. Bus Rides. Cool. Well, do you want to read one of your um, poems? Sure. I'll I'll uh, read the one that was on. Uh, that was one of the ones that was featured. Cool. It's called um, Bus Ride Down Agua Fria. Yeah, I wrote it a few years ago when I was visiting Santa Fe. Um, away from Holy Hyde Mountains, south down rural Agua Fria, from flat top apartments to planet road chickens and burned out horse trailers, packed with wild weeds and trash, I sat on the city bus and smiled thoughts of coal mine beers and ten great white geese by the Santa Fe rail yard graffiti. An elder long-haired bearded hippie sat up front chatting with the driver. A tall, thin man stood to exit and placed a wide lady straw beach hat with a pink ribbon and bow atop his head and stepped into the rain. That sure is a fancy hat, said the hippie. The bus driver nodded. A cowboy-booted Mexican chuckled. The holy hide mountains hid blanketed behind dark gray rain clouds, resting from coyote howls and pea-sized hail. At a stop sign, the road chickens wandered around the lone bus, chasing fat raindrops. And for a moment, I was their son, illuminating them. I love that ending, Bonita. That that really clinched it for me when I was reading through poems that week, and and uh, that's why I put that one up. Um, so cl- clearly, that's that's a poem written on a bus. I mean, is that from your book, Bus Rides? Uh, yes, it is. I've well, taken is it, a lot of buses and. This is this is just a regular city bus. I was going through my friend's neighborhood that I was visiting. Is um is the book um exclusively poems written um while on a bus or, or referring back to experiences writing or or is that just, you know, one recurring Yeah, thing most of them. Most of them are um uh, places I've visited, like I've taken uh, you know, greyhounds across the country and visited the Midwest and things like that. So it's mostly about things that I've seen either on the bus or as a result of a bus or a travel trip. Interesting. When when did the book come out? Um October, late October, I think, this year. Oh, this year it's like a, it's a brand new thing. Yeah, but the they've been written between I'd say 92 to this year. So it's it's really kind of a selected anthology of, of stuff you've written over a pretty good period of time. Yes, yeah, or a pull from um, travel journals that I've uh, written through the years. That's great. You know, a lot of my books are, are travel books, so I really you know uh, relate to that. There's something about um, I don't know if you find this, but when I'm traveling, um, you know, removing myself from my normal element, I tend to write a lot more because. Um, it, for me, it's a little harder to write in the normal element. Everything, you know, there's um, there's less remark. I find it hard to find the harder, I should say, to find the remarkable things that I want to put in a poem. But when you're traveling, everything is new and remarkable, you know, in in some way or another. And so, it, for me, it flows a little better. Do you, do you find that, or do you or what? I do. I I do. That's why I enjoy traveling so much to get away from the nine to five grind but um especially from the poem that i just read there were some similarities that i found to home and that um santa fe um 
the way that it is now is kind of like South Florida was maybe 20 years ago and that there is a huge elderly population and there's a lot of uh, this small artist community. There's an increasing gay population and there are a lot of uh, different Hispanic cultures. So you you see everything there. But it's not as busy and as hectic as South Florida is. So I like to I like to pick out the similarities, but um, I also enjoy the differences. Cool. Well, um, that's great. So you um, you are uh, in um, uh, Fort Lauderdale. You mentioned. Do yes. You per- do you participate in readings in uh, in the Fort Lauderdale community? Is there are there is there things that you go to on a regular basis? There aren't that many. There are um, two spots that do open mic nights, but they more so focus on music groups. So um, there's there's not a big open mic community hmm. in in Broward County, at least. Um, there may be in Miami Dade, but that's a that's a little bit far from your travel in the Miami area. How far I I've you know I've been to I've got relatives in both Fort Lauderdale and Miami. It's what like thirty miles or is it? It's a it's about a good half hour driving distance from uh, Fort Lauderdale to Miami to get to the club section, and then you know additional time with the parking and the just the amount of people. <clears throat> the arts community is more so um, uh, visual arts. There's not a there's not a big poetry uh, community, but you know there are tons of writers. There's just uh, not a big open mic community or not a big poetry community. So there's nothing um, like that you go to even occasionally that you you kind of like or. Well, there's something in the um, Hollywood um, city of Hollywood that's in a it's a, a internet cyber cafe and they do something once a week. But again, they also have uh, you know music acts. So. Right. There's I, definitely. I, a, not, I was going to say there's definitely a, a di- there's definitely a difference between an open mic. And an open reading, you know, if 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 uh, it's hard for a reading to be really focused on poetry, if you allow other stuff, because the other stuff, which is great stuff, don't get me wrong, musicians and comedians, you know, uh, which is how it is here in L.A., you know, tend to overrun a poetry reading if it's if it's if it's open to that. And I love comedy and I love music a whole lot, but. Um, you know, it's if you want to go to a reading and have it be a reading, it's uh, I think a better uh, for the reading, if the reading is just a reading, so I, I can I can yeah, see I, your hesitance. I think more so that if there are uh, public readings, it focuses that the universities tend to focus on right, and they um, have it for their students, not necessarily for the general public. Right. Yeah. That's that's a, an academic institution phenomenon as well. Well, listen, Bonita, I'm I'm running out of time here, but I'm I'm really glad that you called in. Um, it's you know a lot of times on with poets of the week I only encounter you through through email and and one of the reasons I did you know started the show a few years ago is because I wanted to be able to you know hear people live and and get to kind of meet and know people a little differently so it's very cool that you a recent uh, poet of the week called in and I hope you you call in again we do this every month. Well, thank you for your show I I appreciate it I look forward to tuning in every month now that I figured out how to get online so. <laughs> Um, thank you very much, and, and happy holidays to you. Thanks so much. That's uh, that was Bonita Smith, who uh, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You can read if you click on past poets. 
uh, archive from the Poetry Superhighway menu at PoetrySuperhighway.com. You will um, see her work. She was featured. Um, let's see. I can uh, tell you pretty quickly. Um, uh, just a few weeks ago, November, the week of November 15th through 21st, she's the third down on the list uh, she, with Big Papa E, who's a very funny, very cool um, spoken word uh, artist and poet. Um, good matchup there. Um, so check out their work and do check out uh, Bonita's book, uh, Bus Rides. Thanks a lot for everyone who called in. Um, we'll be back next month, January 9th. If you're in L.A., I'd love to see you in Pasadena today at 5. I've got a featured reading there. And do check out my new book, Sins of Buckwood, Poetry from uh, Montreal, uh, on Amazon.com right now. Take care, everyone. Happy holidays.